passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Long and Winding Royal Road here at postwrestling.com. Of course, uh, The Long and Winding Royal Road is uh, our look back at the greatest period of professional wrestling ever in any part of the world, all Japan pro wrestling of the 90s. And this is episode 16, and as uh, most of you who are regular listeners will know, every fourth episode, we do a biography episode about one of the four pillars. And we, of course, started with episode four about Mitsuharu Misawa. We did episode eight on Toshiaki Kawada. We did episode 12 on Ken Kobashi. So, of course, this brings us to episode 16, which is, which is featuring, of course, the, the fourth pillar, but not the least pillar. Like, a lot of people, like, say he's the least pillar. I, I think he's equally as good as the other four. Um, I have that opinion. Maybe my guest has that opinion as well. We'll, we'll find out. But we're going to talk about Akira Tawe, the man known as Dynamic T. And uh, joining me today is uh, a well-known Akira Tawe, Dynamic T, aficionado, um, Dave Musgrave. Dave, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. And how are you? I'm pretty good. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, as we were recording this, it's, it's an, it's a nice evening. I, I had dinner and, and we're, and, and we're going to talk about a very underrated wrestler, in my opinion, that I have a lot of affection for. And, and from my understanding, you have a lot of affection for, for Akira Tawe. I, I do. And uh, I would concur with you that he's as good as the other three pillars. And even I actually know some people who say he's the best of the four. I don't know if that's the case. That's kind of picking your picking your favorite favorite of your top four meals, I guess. I don't know. It's just he's, they're all so great. Um, but what, of people who don't think he's as great as the other ones, I think he uh, I think it's I very much call him the Ringo Starr. Of, of all Japan because he just happens to be surrounded by wrestling's equivalent of George Harrison, John Lennon, and Paul McCartney. And it's hard to measure up to them in some ways, but he does his holds his own and the whole dynamic of the four of them, including their tag matches and the triple crown matches would not be the same without this man. No, I, I, I think for me, when I first started watching, you know, all Japan pro wrestling of this era, like for me, it was very hard for me to like get Tawe. Like I'll confess, like I didn't immediately think, "Oh my god, he's so amazing." I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy? What? Why is he with these other two, four, three guys? Like Tawe? Why is Tawe in there with Kobashi, Masawa, and Kawada?" But as as years go by, and I and I kind of like you know kind of get granular with watching these matches, I'm like, "Oh my god, there there is something to him." And I I always thought, okay, he's getting a push. He's in the position that he is with the other three is because he's 
like Giant Baba, the promoter of All Japan, looks at him and thinks, this is the wrestler that most resembles me of the of these four. So I'm going to give him a push. And I think there is some credence to that, even in even to this day. But I, I do think like, you know, Baba and, and everyone actually probably who worked with Dawei thought this guy, he has this these intangibles that we can't, you know, like can't we can't really, you know, put our finger on necessarily in terms of like his style. It's there's a lot of things where he's just he just enhances the other three whenever he's facing them in singles matches or in the, the uh, you know, multitude of tag matches that he has uh, first with, with, you know, Jumbo Suruta, but then later on in the Holy Demon Army with Toshiaki Kawada, by the way, which is the greatest tag team of all time. I don't care what anyone else says about <laughs> like two, you know, DX cosplayers out there, who, uh, you know. They're not as good I, as the Holy Demon I would, Army. I would agree. I, I've always been a big fan of Stan Hansen and Terry Gordy as a team, but they've got more longevity. And uh, yeah, they're they're it. Like for me, my 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 you know, Holy Demon Army is is the top team in all Japan of that period, and, and probably in my top three tag teams of all time. Uh, then it's like uh, burning. I'm a huge fan of the team of Kobashi and Akiyama, and and then mm-hmm. I'd say like Masawa Kawada, and then Masawa. Kobashi is is like number four in in the all Japan rankings for tag teams for me of the nineties of the nineties yeah, yeah yeah um and one of the one of the thought exercises I find really helpful with Tawei as well uh, is if it wasn't him in the four pillars who was it going to be like and there's no one who matches up the closest I could think of is if uh, Fuyuki had a stuck around like he might have been an interesting dynamic as a fourth pillar because a lot of people thought he was the better member of Footloose at least during that time um, but I don't think he would I don't think he would have lived up to Tawei uh, Tawei brought a dynamic uh, it's I know Samoa Joe and CM Punk I saw a shoot interview with them years ago and they were talking about you can't be the two exact same wrestlers you are only as big in comparison to someone else who's small, you were only scientific in comparison to someone else who's a brawler and you need those kind of different dynamics in there opposing each other. I mean, as far as a fourth pillar goes, like you could maybe make an argument for Siyoshi Kikuchi, but I mean, he yes. was a, he was a junior. Um, he, he was a great tag wrestler, but I don't think he would have had the intimidation factor that Tawai had because Tawai was actually a very tall wrestler compared to a mm-hmm. lot of the other wrestlers in, in all Japan, like his physique is not the greatest, but that's, that, again, that's, that's not where the intimidation comes from him. It's, it's, it's really like his, his demeanor and like this mean streak that he develops, particularly during his time with, uh, with Jumbo Saruta. But, you know, Dave, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. We, we want yeah. to get some background on, on Tawai, but, but, but also we want to get some, some background on, on you for the listeners, like, uh, you know, kind of your credentials as to why, why are you on the long and winding Royal road talking about Akira Tawai? So give us a little bit of background of, on Dave Musgrave, please. So I have been a fan since 1986. Uh, I'm 46 now, just to make it clear in case anyone wanted to do math. Uh, so I've been a, yeah, I've been a fan for 35 years and I preview, I've done a lot of writing for the observer over the years some for Slam Wrestling, uh, some for Place to Be Nation. I had the Wrestling Culture podcast with my friend Dylan Hales for a few years, and that was a lot of fun. That's probably what most people would know me for. And essentially what we would do is we pick a topic, sometimes a wrestler, sometimes do a biography episode, and just obsessively research it and 
talk it to death and have a lot of fun doing it and make I, I I'll try to keep the inappropriate jokes to a minimum on this show, but we didn't done that show. <laughs> so, <laughs> I see. Okay. Yeah. We had a lot of fun and that's what most people know me for. I also uh, like some people that I'm known for writing on would be Mike and Ben Sharp. Uh, I did a match list of Akira Tawe when he first went back on the hall of fame ballot for the wrestling observer. That's the kind of stuff I like to pull together. Uh, I guess to describe the obsessiveness I go into that with it's just I'm I, I picture the look on my mother-in-law's face when I told her that I'll pick a wrestler find every match I can of them online make a word doc listing every one of them close it never look at it again the journey I, I, is the fun <laughs> I I I yeah I, I I can appreciate that kind of uh you know kind of work ethic and and uh OCD you know aspect of it as well <laughs> like that. uh you know like I, I can be like that about certain topics as well but uh well well dave i'm i'm excited this is my first time talking with you and and podcasting with you so let's let's get into akira tawe dynamic t um so he's born uh, on may 8th 1961 he's the mm-hmm. eldest son of a construction worker um from chichibu uh, saitama uh, which is outside of tokyo um you know as a teenager Tawe was quite active in various sports, uh, such as the high jump, the shot put, baseball, and judo. Which, which is kind of funny because later on we're gonna we're gonna kind of go into like how he's infamously he is infamously known for hating training. Oh, that's interesting. I actually that's that's a factoid I didn't know. Oh, you don't know like that he hates training? No. Oh, well, there you go. Like, so I guess he as a teenager, my own heart. Yeah. He, as a, as a teenager, he was a lot more like into like, I'm going to, I'm going to play all these sports. I'm going to go to practice. I'm going to go like exercise. But as, as he got older, maybe after his time in sumo, he was like, I don't want to train. Oh, what, what? So we'll, we'll talk, I'll talk about a couple of stories I was able to find about um, his hatred of training uh, a little later on. But um, after graduating uh, junior high school, Tawe would would find work as as a part-time auto mechanic, and he would attend the Saitama Prefectural uh, Chichibu High School. And it was in high school that he would get involved with the traditional Japanese sport of sumo, and he would join the uh, his high school's club as as a sophomore. And then he would uh, you know find a modicum of success as a sumo wrestler in high school by winning uh, third place in the national sumo high school championship. And it's after high school that he he goes then goes into his college's sumo club, and and I guess this is where you're and you're a big sumo fan, Dave. So let's let's talk about Akira Tawe's time in in sumo wrestling, and 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 I guess kind of like we'll start with the the, the stable that he joins. I, I as as I rec- as I see in my notes here, he he joins the Oshi Oshi Oshiogawa stable during his <laughs> third year. And makes his pro de- pro sumo wrestling debut in January of 1980. Yeah, one thing that uh, some people might not know is just how much the, the Japanese rest, pro wrestling scene is set off of sumo, and that really comes from Ricky Dozan having come out of sumo. Um, the whole dojo system is very similar, uh, so he would have gone through a stable. Uh, they call it a heya, uh, H-E-Y-A, and uh, he would have been a part of that. I'm not sure who he trained with there, who, who some of his contemporaries were, but basically making his pro debut in January, 1980, that would have been basically as soon as he was starting training pretty much. And when they have a sumo tournament, they have them six times a year. 
And basically early in the day, they'll start with the very earliest division, which is the very beginners. And they'll go right through, I think it's like nine divisions through to the top and have the uh, right through to the two yoke, the Yokozuna fighting each other or whoever the Yokozuna are fighting at the end. So if you were really obsessive, you could watch a lot of sumo in one day for 15 days in a row. So he uh, basically, there's a number of divisions and there's two top divisions. Uh, they're the salary division. The first one is Juryo. And then it's followed by Makuchi. And Makuchi is the most famous one uh, where you would have a Yokozuna. To give you an idea of how far Tawe uh, progressed in sumo, he made it as far as Juryo. So he didn't get to the top division. So it'd be kind of like the wrestling equivalent of getting the NXT, but never making it to the main roster. Um, but he was in the salaried ranks. I think even if you've been Juryo, you can be a trainer as well in some of the stables. So he did, he did pretty well. Like uh, they called him Secutory once you're in those ranks and you're a salaried wrestler. And ideally you get up to Makuuchi. To give you an example, uh, Genichayo Tenru uh, did manage to get into Makuuchi and was pretty high up in that, in that uh, division, uh, but didn't get into the championship ranks. Uh, a lot of the guys you hear of more recently, Ryota Hama, uh, Kazusada Higuchi, those guys never made it as far as Tawei did. Right. And but we, I guess I kind of are our more most famous pro wrestling example of a sumo wrestler making you know, be achieving great success in sumo would be like Akibono. Yes. Akibono is, he's the Brock Lesnar of, sumo, of the sumo to pro wrestling trend, I would say, because actually, no, that's Brock Lesnar had box office success, but he didn't have the success in MMA that Akibono did. Uh, very few people have. And yeah. that's, what's interesting with Tawe as well is, you would look at him and think he's a big guy. If you don't know much about sumo, you might think that's a big advantage, but his height is actually a disadvantage because it's a center of gravity. So uh, he left at a fairly young age, and that might have been part of the reason. He apparently also had a uh, falling out with his sumo, with his stable head, his uh, the head of his stable, which is a lot of the stories you hear. He probably took a cane, uh, got caned one timer, one timer more in his time at that stable and decided to leave for the relatively sane world of pro wrestling. So from 1980 to 1986, uh, Tawe used his real name until he was promoted to the rank of Juryo, as you were saying, in, in May of 1986. He was then given the ring name or the Shikona of Tamakirin Yasumasa. So um, he he gets he finds some success under that that ring name. It's kind of funny, like um, that you know in, in in sumo wrestling they are given like gimmick names as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he, one of those two names is pretty much what he would have wrestled under. It's kind of the full name is your official name, but I think it would have been Tamakiran that he went uh, that he wrestled under when when he would be announced. Right, like a lot of Kyoji. a lot of the 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 uh, the sumo usler like just the, the the first part and they're more famous for just you know a single name it's 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 kind of like you know what what Vince McMahon uh wants to do this wrestler is now just called Bob yes and it works horribly in pro wrestling but it does yes. it works pretty well in sumo uh hey, well like they the, sound cool these sound these yeah. these names actually sound cool they probably have some they probably have meaning to them whereas like what's Bob mean it means 
I don't know what the fuck Bob means. It, it just means Bob, right? It's short form yeah. for Robert. There you go. And but, speaking of this era, someone else who was really successful in sumo that made the transition was Hiroshi Wajima. And that's someone who just went by Wajima, which is his real last name. So, But there you go. Um, so he, Tawei competed in the Juryo division for, I believe, seven tournaments uh, before retiring from sumo in July of of 1987 and and dave if, if i'm getting any facts from please feel free to correct me here nope. um but yeah like how would how would you say like so he you, you're basically saying um that Julio, like you said is the, the the equivalent of like nxt he never made it to the, the the main roster um and but do you think you know like his time in sumo like the training in in, in the dojo system of sumo helps him become a pro wrestler like in going through the all Japan dojo. Absolutely. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, the, the pro wrestling dojos are very much set up on sumo dojos because they were the same mindset that went into them. Uh, right down to, you know, you have the young boys doing the chores for the senior wrestlers. That's very much right out of, uh, right out of sumo. And actually when you become a Sekitori, which is when you enter Jurio, that's when you no longer have to do that. So that's the level he made it to. Yeah, I'm sure he was uh, excited to like uh, wash, you know, uh, Baba's, uh, you know, body after the matches and then towel yeah. him down and <laughs> go get, you know, go get Stan Hansen's shoes and, and you know, get I all the totally beer. From it. Stan Hansen's shoes. But. Yeah, but maybe he didn't want to do that. Who knows? No. <laughs> we, we don't know, you know, so. Um, so he leaves Sumo in July of 87 and then in 90, 1987, um, he's recommended uh, like someone he's maybe he's like thinking, what, what do I do with my life? I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to be a sumo anymore. And then he meets a, a famous Japanese comedian, uh, what they call a Rakugo storyteller, which is kind of like, um, you know, a, a comedian who tells a story and there, and then, you know, tells a long story and there's a punchline. This is a very popular form of comedy over in Japan. I I've never okay. had the chance to see it myself. But I, I'm familiar with like, you know, I'd flip through television and be like, oh, it's a Rakugo storyteller. Oh, they're telling, you know, the story. I'm not really following it too much. I, it's very nuanced. You have to really be well-versed, not only the language, but the culture of Japan to, to really get this, this type of comedy. But there, there's this uh, Rakugo storyteller by the name of uh, uh, Sanyute uh, Iraku, the six. Um, and and he, he says to Tawei, hey, you should become a pro wrestler. And the reason he's able to, to make that kind of like um, give that kind of advice is because he, he, Inraku was a junior high school classmate of Jinichiro Tenru, who of course awesome. was, was a main event star in all Japan pro wrestling. He was the number two in the company after Jumbo Saruta. So there's that connection he has with pro wrestling and in his friendship with Tenru that he says to this guy, Tawa, who's probably, he's probably looking at him thinking, you know what? Maybe you wouldn't be, you didn't make fine too much success as Zulu, but you got a good frame for, for pro wrestling. He probably, even back then, he probably kind of looked like giant Baba frame wise. And he said, Baba would love you because there's no other wrestler who looks like him, but you're the closest. I actually find he reminds me of Jumbo in ways as well. He's kind of like the hybrid of physically of Jumbo and Baba. I, I can see that like when, when Baba and Tawei team together, there is, they, they do complement each other very well, like, like aesthetically and physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, but it is kind of a contrast when he, you know, when he forms a team with Kawada, cause he is, he's a little bit taller than Kawada Absolutely. and has a very different frame 
to to Kawada for sure. Yeah, for sure. And like they they very much are contrasting figures, and uh, <laughs> they're kind of like a good version of Shomiz. Oh, <laughs> I, I I don't know if I would have made that that comparison, but but Dave, that's why you're here to to give us these <laughs> references that maybe the the uh, the the the, 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 the layman fan who's more familiar with WWE wants to get into all Japan. Oh, they were like show Miz, the big show and, and the Miz. Um, I don't know, <laughs> I, but good. But like, I don't know if you want to be comparing Toshaki Kawada to the Miz. You might be getting some people angry right now, including oh, my yeah. good friend, my good friend from the Eastern area, Dylan Fox. He'd be like, no, Kawai, Kawada is nothing like the fucking Miz. And, and, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm keeping my, uh, I'm, I'm keeping myself restrained from 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 uh, blowing up at at that comparison. So, but we'll 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 not mention it ever again. But we but won't. Let's, we won't. But we'll, it's we'll, a kind of hard hitting analysis that I came here for. Though. Exactly. Um, but uh, so Tawei goes into pro wrestling. He enters the All Japan uh, Dojo in August of 1987, along with fellow trainee, new new entry into the dojo, Kete Kobashi. So right off the bat, like I've heard he, of him. He's 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 in a class of greatness like you know like think about all the what the incredible wrestlers that have come through that dojo of course you know masao and kawada have already have already gone into the dojo have graduated from the dojo are wrestling so now in 87 we've got like uh two new prospects tawei and Kenna kobashi tawei with the sumo background Kenna kobashi with really no background if, if you had listened to the the kobashi biography episode he just kind of goes in there straight out of straight out of, out of like school you know so it's, it's i'm sure it's quite interesting to be in the dojo um so a year later january 2nd 1988 he makes his uh, professional wrestling debut by teaming with the man he closely resembles physically giant baba and 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 the promoter of the company the owner of the company the head booker he's teaming with him in his debut what what a what an honor day for for that, yeah that must have been cloud nine for him and who did they face so they defeat the team of buddy landell and paul harris who i believe is a wrestler from uh from from the united kingdom and that was in uh in corican hall like i don't know if this is available out there in the ethernet to uh to, to find uh it might be it might be you know we'll, we'll maybe might be we'll, a dark uh, web kind of find i think that might be dark web kind of find definitely yeah. definitely but uh and, and you know, so he he they I, th- I believe they win they win that match. So great, Tawei has a, a win in his debut match. I don't think he necessarily got the win. I probably was Giant Baba. Uh, the next couple of years would see you know Tawei having a pretty typical rookie career in all Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, win win a couple of matches here against probably Kobashi, uh, lose to like people his seniors, his senpais in the company, and then you know it's it's uh, it's July nineteen ninety. That, that things turn around for him because this is when the super generation army of Mitsuhara Masawa, Toshiaki Kawada, Kenna Kobashi, Siyoshi Kikuchi, and Akira Tawe come together to form this group of youngsters in the company who are ready to take the reins of all Japan away from Jumbo Saruta and Saruta Gun, away from Jinichiro Tenru, away from the great Kabuki, away from Masanobu Fuchi. And, and, uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's not like he has a very like famous, like, like he's not well known for being in super generation army. No, no. And it's, it's Japan in that era just does stable so much better than they were doing in the U S it's, you know, like 
I don't want to make the similar showman's comparison, but they tried doing something like this with the dudes with attitudes at the same time. And we'd all rather forget that that ever happened. And Super Generation Army is something that we're doing a podcast about 30 years later. So it, it's, you know, you look at that lineup of the Super Generation Army, Dave, and, and it's Misawa, who's the leader. The second yeah. is, is, is Kawada. And this is kind of based on like, you know, seniority and position on the roster. And then number three is Kenna Kobashi. And then it's, it's, I would say it's Tawe. And then it's Kikuchi because he's the junior heavyweight. So he's always going to mm-hmm. be the bottom, the bottom of the, you know, the bottom of the totem pole here. Um, but Tawe has got to be looking at this thinking, man, I, how am I going to, how am I going to get any traction in my career? If I'm like number four in this group and like, these guys are all amazing. Misawa is like going to be the future ace. Kawada's right behind him. Kobashi is like, you know, everyone can see the potential in, in Kobashi. And here's Tawe thinking, man, I'm screwed. I'm, I, I'm not going to get any traction. No one's going to notice me because I'm going to be buried in like tag matches with these guys. But, you know, like all Japan's misfortune is Tawe's fortune, you know, because, at, at, you know, very, very soon after Super Generation Army is formed, Dave, uh, Jenichiro Tenru leaves all Japan for us. He takes quite a few wrestlers with him to form the, the, you know, Super World Sports promotion. Um, and, and like, including Jumbo Siruda's tag partner at the time, Yoshiaki Yatsu, uh, one half of the Olympics with Jumbo Siruda. And so, like, okay, Jumbo's, like, I'm going to, I need a new regular tag partner, especially since I'm going to be in this feud with the, the, with Misawa and his, his group of young upstarts. And did did they have, did they do it an angle for him to turn on anybody? That really wasn't the style at the time. I think he just kind of he just kind of went with them, right? Yeah, it's it's you know basically you know you know you know in back in the back you know backstage area like you know behind the scenes, Baba decides to put Tawe with Jumbo as his number two in in Suda Gun, and he just makes his debut one day with Jumbo and Masafuchi on on August eighteenth. In a six-man tag against Masawa, Kawada, and Kikuchi at Korokanala, I, I bet it was just like they announced it probably in like on TV to, to announce the matches for Korokan Hall for that date. And it was like, what? I'm sure fans were like, what? Like Tawe's teaming with Jumbo? Oh, that's that's interesting. Oh, he's turned on his friends of, of Masawa, Kawada, and Kobashi and Kikuchi. Oh, what, what a bastard. So he's got a lot of heat on him because you know, in this this feud between Jumbo and Misawa is, is, is like, you know, like Jumbo's kind of, you know, he's the ace of the company, but mm-hmm. Misawa is the person with a, a more, more kind of support from the fans because he, he it's represents got momentum. He's got momentum. He's also got, you know, he's fresh. He's like, he's the hope of like creating a new era for, for all Japan, which, which he would fulfill obviously um, in hindsight, but like, you know, Jumbo's like, that salty veteran that people still love, but they, they do see him as like, you know, like, okay, Jumbo's time is past, but, but Jumbo's like, you know, he's not going away quietly. He's, you get it. He's clawing. He's keeping his, you know, his hands firmly on the top spot and you got to take him out kicking and screaming, which is basically what happens over the next two years with the Surdigan versus super generation army feud and, and right there with him. And, and I think it was a brilliant move to put Tawe with Jumbo because Jumbo needed someone 
of the same generation as as Masawa and company to to like even things out kind of in, in, mm-hmm. in terms of firepower, so to speak. But also like the thing with Tawe is that teaming with Jumbo, I think like gives him license to just be a surly bastard because not only is he teaming with Jumbo Sarita, who's become like this bitter old guy wanting to keep Masao away from his top spot. He's also teaming with one of the greatest heels in the history of all Japan. And that's Masanobu Fuchi. Yeah. And he very much kept that surly demeanor throughout his all Japan years as well. Definitely. Definitely. So what, what are your thoughts about the team of Jumbo and Tawe? Uh, they were just, it's, it's kind of like the perfect mentor and student type team. Uh, you know, it's, you think about uh, it's really a great way to capitalize on Tawei's size. You know, you have Misawa and Kawada are kind of the pluckier underdog type size size of uh, body size. And then you have someone like, you know, like Don Jardine used to, the reason he was put under a mask is because he was too nice looking to be a bad guy, but he was too big to be a good guy. So they put him under the mask and his physique worked that way. And, you know, Tawei getting to be a heel uh, really capitalizes on his strengths of being a powerhouse wrestler being just kind of a a prick and no one was a better prick ever in wrestling i don't think than grumpy jumbo in the early 90s so he really got to learn from the master and what what i love about the multitude of six-man tags or or straight two-on-two tags with with jumbo and and taway is like how taway really becomes really good at cutting off the ring and really mm-hmm. cutting off like hope spots and cutting off like you know like a like a hot tag like maybe so, like Kobashi will get a hot tag but and he'll get a couple of shots in on Tawei or whatever and then Tawei just cuts that shit off like right away like with either with a with one of his chops or just like grabbing like you know someone by the throat and just throwing them down to the ground not not the not the choke slam but just like just shoving them yeah. he's really good at these bully moves and and what I really liked watching him do to get back to su- sumo is when he do the the sapari slaps when he chase someone across the ring and like do the sumo slaps to their chest over and over again. That's that's the ultimate bringing sumo into pro wrestling style uh, that I've ever seen. He's really good at making that believable in the context of, of pro wrestling because you know there there are some people who who like will do that move of like the, you know, the forward slapping movement of sumo wrestling in pro wrestling. And and sometimes it can look cheesy. You have to be really, I think, well-versed in the art of sumo as Tawei would have been. And, and Mm -hmm. some, and other, other members of like, you know, people who, who migrated from sumo wrestling into pro wrestling uh, are good at that. So, but he was, he was really good at that. Like the the thing with, with Tawei, if you look at his technique is like, he, he gets really squat even though he's taller than most of these guys, he gets squat. And so like, he's able to like mm-hmm. use his power more. Like he's using his legs and his arms and his whole body to like, just push around and bully like uh, his opponents. And it, it's, it's the most, you know, like uh, compelling thing to watch in, in these instances is like whenever he's in the ring with, with Kikuchi because of the, the, the size difference between these two and Kikuchi at the time, was one of the best like underdog baby faces in all of wrestling. Absolutely. I, like, I mean, Kikuchi, uh, I mean, you could, I don't know if he's a, an eventual biography episode for you, but he'd be, he'd be a fun one to do. 
But uh, yeah, wa- watching Tawi in there with all those guys was great. One of the really underrated things about Tawi was how giving he was with his defense as well. Uh, I could watch him take the Tiger Driver, not the Tiger Driver 91. That's great as well. But just the plain old Tiger Driver from Misawa over and over again. To, doing it on a guy that height is impressive for Misawa to be able to do, but for Tawi to be able to take as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's a great bumper, you know, for a man his size. And for someone who kind of moves kind of awkwardly, he's not as smooth as the other three or anyone else in, in the company for that matter. Like he does kind of move awkwardly, like objectively speaking, he, he's, he's, his, his frame is, is kind of awkward. His, his bumping is kind of awkward, but it's his facial expressions that help like with his selling as well. Like he, he's good bumper, but then like the pain that he exhibits and the emotion that he mm-hmm. exhibits on, on, in his face is, is just really great. We, we, everyone talks about Kawada as being a great seller, like facials and with his amazing facials. But I, I'd say Tawe is not, not on the same level necessarily as Kawada, but he's, he's, and, he's and not far are. behind though. He's, most he's not far behind though. Level. No. Yeah. But but he's great. He's a great seller. And he's a great bumper, and and that that's something that that's an important skill to have in in all Japan at this time because you're you are taking some hellacious bumps in this company. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, some people say they can't watch it in hindsight. I can. You know, I I just forgive them for the fact that they're destroying themselves. Oh, I'm I have no problems watching these matches in <laughs> hindsight. It's like like they you know like I I. I can't necessarily watch something dangerous in at the, you know, in like live. Like I see, I saw the Ibushi Naito match from Osaka live and, and that bump off the apron. And like, I thought Ibushi or I think it was Naito. I think Naito, I thought Naito was dead and that, you don't ever want to feel bad in person. And there's like a, a contingent of, of people on wrestling Twitter or, you know, doing podcasts thinking who cares? It's like, okay, you, you can be all cool and disp- dispassionate, but I'm sorry if I don't want to see someone die in front of me. Like, yeah, you know. I, I had a Mark Briscoe moment like that. And of course it was the first show I ever took my wife to. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> the fact, the fact that she, she, does she still go to shows with you? Is the question. Uh, no, no, she, she, we grew out of trying to impress each other a while ago. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, so what, what would you say? Give us, give us like maybe two matches of this era of Sarutagun that you would say are great showcases for, for Akira Tawe that, that for, for the listeners to go and seek out? Uh, I really, I mean, one, one thing I got to say is that uh, the, as much as Lucha gets credited for being uh, the land of trios matches, this era of all Japan really takes six man tag wrestling to another level. And to me, that really, um, to me, the two matches that really set that up are May 25th, 1990, where you have Misawa Kabashi and Tawe against Saruta Fuchi and Kabuki. And by the way, Kabuki seems like a sticks out like a sore thumb unless you go back and when you're reading that. But if you go back and watch, he was actually really good in 1990. Um, but yeah, that match really sets off from the Misawa unmasking and shows this super generation army. You know, we're here ready to give guys like Jumbo and the Jumbo and the gang and run for their money. It really kicks it off into full gear leading to the eventual Misawa Jumbo match. And that's the kickstart of it. But the one that really kicks 
takes it to another level. It's October 19th, 1990 with Jumbo, Tawe, and Fuchi against Misawa, Kawada, and Kobashi. Yes, that's, um, that's a five-star match in the Wrestling Observer. It's one of my favorite matches of all time. Um, I love that match. There's also the, the April 20th, uh, 1991 match. Just as the, good. With, with, <laughs> with the same six men. And, and of course, in 19, in a year later, 1992, on, on May 22nd, the, again, Tawei Saruda Fuchi against Misawa Kawada and Kobashi. Anytime like, you have these three, these three against these three, like the, the three in Saruda gun and the three in Super Generation Army facing off, especially if they're in Corican Hall, like you can have it in other venues, but my God, it's so much better in Corican Hall because Corican Hall is a magical place. Um, but you know what? If you I'm take jealous of the times you've probably gotten to be there, I've been in Corican Hall probably more times than I've been to Maple Leaf Gardens. So wow, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's well, I mean, I've rarely been to Maple Leaf Gardens to be quite honest with you, maybe once for professional wrestling. But, but Dave, you know, like you can you can you can take out like in the super generation army side, you know, you can take one of the other guys out and put in Kikuchi, and it is and it's pretty fucking good too. But, yeah. but the you know, the the top you know, the top line of Saruta Gun is Jumbo, uh, Fuchi, and Tawe because they are such bastards it's and it's wonderful to see especially when they're in there with kobashi because they just beat the fucking shit out of kobashi and it's great and kobashi probably loves every second of it in a non-kayfabe kind of way uh but oh he's yeah, a I mean, punisher, it, sure yeah it probably i mean it probably i mean these matches were a part of making kobashi as well right definitely i mean it's 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 his fire that comes through especially when he's in there with jumbo but it definitely also when he's in there with with uh, with Tawei as well. But you know, but for Tawei, it's not all tag matches. You know, it's it's not all about his his team with Jumbo. He does have some notable singles matches in this time period, is particularly against his future tag partner of Toshiaki Kawada. He has uh, two amazing tag singles matches that people should go out and find, uh, January 15th, 1991, and uh, uh, April 12th, 1993. And of, of those two, which one do, would you say uh, is, your, uh, is your favorite of their, of their singles encounters? You know, I could be more familiar with those, I'll be honest. Okay, well that's fine. There's one that's in Corican Hall that yeah. that I I think is better. I and to be honest, right now I'm blanking about which one it is. But yeah. hey, you know what? If you watch you know, both, you can find you know both these on on YouTube, and you can't go wrong with either one of them. What I, what I really like from that era is January 26, ninety one, where Misawa debuts the Tiger Driver ninety one on Tower. You know, God bless Akira Tawe for being the the the, the, the canary the, in the, the, in, the in, in the coal mine. Yeah, taking that move. Hey, I got this new move, Tawe. You wanna you wanna be the first recipient of it? Okay, what is it? It's like the tiger driver, but I don't <laughs> rotate you fully onto your back. So I'm dropped on my head. Yes. Okay. Yes, like a Pez dispenser. Yes. Yes. Like I, you, I kind of want to know what, like, but you know, the, the crazy thing is Dave is like, you know, like, you know, Kawada and Kobashi see Tawei take this move and they, and later on they're like, yeah, I'll take it as well. Yeah, no, it's, and it, it's a special occasions type move. Uh, but like it's, this really puts it over is like the, the, 
the move to watch out for. And what I really like is that it wasn't a long, long match, but it was an intense one that ended with, uh, you know, uh, it made a move. <laughs> for sure. Oh, so just to clarify about the Kawada matches. So the, the January 15th, 91 match is the bloodbath match that like they're super intense rivalry because this is like at the height of like, you know, like the, the, the battles between through the gun and, and, uh, and, and super generation army. And, and this kind of, this, 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 the hatred that these two exhibit in the singles match would bleed into the, the tag matches and, you know, like between jumbo and Tawei against Masao and Kawada for the tag team titles and in all these six man tags that they're having. But, but it's the April 12th, 93, match that where you know where Tawei where Tawei and Kawada shake hands afterwards and thus is born the the holy demon army because at, at this point in time like Jumbo has to leave wrestling due to his failing health and and you know so there's a twofold problem here Baba needs a rival for Masawa who has ascended to become the ace of the company he's he's you know he's going to be He's I, 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 he's been triple crown champion, so like Baba needs someone to like fill the role of, mm-hmm. of Jumbo. So it's and he picks Kawada. He's like Kawada's going to be the the rival for Masawa, you know, and 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 it, it fits in perfectly because that's the formula Baba likes to go with because he did it with Jumbo and Tenru before, where they sure. they were they were a tag team before, and then later on Tenru and Baba become rivals, and you know, trading wins over the various singles titles before the triple crown is formed and, and fighting with different partners over the, the world tag team championship in, in all Japan as well. So with this, he needs, you know, like the best thing to do is basically for Kawada to take over Jumbo's stable, take over Surutagun, but you're not going to call it Surutagun, of course, anymore. So like, not only does he inherit Tawei as his new partner after April 12th, he also inherits Masanobu Fuji in his corner as part of his, his team and in the Holy demon army and and like it, it's born the seeds are planted on april 12th but it's on uh, may 14th in an awesome tag match against kenna kobashi and siyoshi kikuchi that you can find online that happens at corkin hall that the holy demon army make their debut the team of toshiaki kawada and akira Tawi make their debut and absolutely murder siyoshi kikuchi throughout most of this match and that's uh, May 14th, 1993, you said. That is. That is the May 14th, 1993 debut of the Holy Demon Army, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And 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 we're going to and I'm going to list like, you know, like some of the, the you know, the, the five star matches that Dave Meltzer has for 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 Tawei later on in this episode. But what, let's talk about the Holy Demon Army and like what what where do you rank them in terms of like tag teams through, throughout the history of professional wrestling day. Uh, it's, you know, I mean, there's, there's two different, the, the all Japan tag teams of this era are very different because traditional tag team wrestling in North America would typically be guys who were just a tag team. Whereas there, they were doing what they've tried to done do in later years in North America of, having main event stars form tag teams, but it's never been, could never be done better than it was there. Um, it, it's like, you know, it's like the, the best two possible heels teaming together and they continue for so long together that it's really, uh, 
it's Shakespearean watching their stuff. Uh, there's actually a really good YouTube playlist that has all the encounters between Misawa and Kobashi against Tawei and Kawada. And that's what I was kind of revisiting some of the matches uh, in the past few days and visiting some of them for the first time. I mean, like beyond like, you know, the, the, the super generation duos of Misawa and Kobashi and, and then later Misawa Akiyama. And then even after that, Misawa and Yoshinari Ogawa, you have like these, like these encounters with the Holy Demon Army has with Stan Hansen and, and various partners that he would have, including Danny Spivey, including um, who else, like uh, Johnny Ace, and then Johnny Ace teaming with, you know, Dr. Death Steve Williams teaming with Kobashi, you know, and, 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 and like who else we got? We got the Miracle Violence Connection. The Miracle Violence Connection is still running around, Gordy and Williams. So running around. So like they, 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 you know, they're testing their metal not only as, as like two premier singles wrestlers, but Kawada and, and Tawei have amazing chemistry. They create like, you know, like, you know, tag team, you know, strategies and tactics and, and double team maneuvers to, to off, you know, to like enhance their, their opposite, you know, their opposition towards like the baby faces that they face off. But, you know, when, when they're facing like, for example, Gordy and Williams, they're the de facto baby faces because the foreigners are always going to be the bad guys in, in, in Japan, in a Japanese company. Especially those ones, right? <laughs> well, especially guys who are like, so like surly, <laughs> as, mm-hmm. as Gordy and Williams are. I mean, they're super popular, but when they're facing against like a native Japanese team of, of especially of like two big stars, like Kawada and, and, and uh, Tawe or, you know, Kobashi and Misawa, then they're going to be de- de- definitely the heels in that, in that, uh, in that context. But uh, yeah, they, there's like so many what's, amazing teams and, and so many amazing really, matches. Sorry. What's really impressive is with when you look at the series with Misawa and Kobashi, you just watch them and they just all flow together. It's like an ongoing storyline uh, that keeps going throughout the matches. And you just feel like you're watching the best, best four of the best wrestlers of all time, just doing exactly what they do best. You know, we, we talk about like in like the recent era of, of New Japan pro wrestling about like callbacks and people going nuts about all the callbacks, like especially with like Okada and, 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 and Tanahashi. And of course, they're all there. And those are that's a great series. But I love that stuff. Yeah. But, the, you know, like the callbacks that you see in, in like, a, you know, like a sick, like in a, in a four year period or three, three to four year period in every match that, you know, you know, the Holy Demon Army has against Masawa and Kobashi, and then later on Masawa and Akiyama, and then Akiyama and Kobashi teaming, that, that's all there too. Like, it it rewards the longtime fan. It, re- it rewards the the viewer who like, oh, they went after his his left knee in, in that match two years ago, and they're going after it now, or they, they, they injured that in a six-man tag uh, two days ago in, in like, fucking Hokkaido now they're after it here in Tokyo oh my god this this all makes sense you know and it, and the great thing about Japanese wrestling is that you could follow all of this in in the newspapers in in the magazines mm-hmm. at the time the coverage was there so like and they're all helping you know if you're especially for all following like for example Tokyo sports they're they're all like helping you know play with like you know in enhancing kayfabe in, in in all of wrestling at the time in in, in the 90s in Japan so it, it really helps when you have all these like details that happen in other matches that that get 
that pay off in like some of the big title matches that that uh, Tawei and Kawada would have for the for the you know all Japan World Tag Team titles. So and, just and a one great of the, one of the impressive things is how interwoven it is with all the legendary singles feuds that were happening between the Zing guys. Oh yeah, they're at they're the like, same time. Bob, Giant Baba has to be one of the greatest bookers of like, you know, keeping track of the details. And of course, I'm sure like, you know, Misawa, Kawada, Kobashi Tawe, all of them were like, yeah, remember when we did that in this match? Okay. And you hurt me. You did this to my leg or you did this to my neck or arm. Yeah. Let's, let's work on that in this match. Mm-hmm. So that, that's definitely uh, happening. But, but, you know, Dave, let, let's talk about the pinnacle. The year that is most important to the to the career of Akira Tawe, and that that would be 1996. Mm-hmm. And, and not this is a great achievement. Like the, the things that Tawe's achieves in this in 1996. Okay, so let's let's talk about them. He wins the world tag team titles with Kawada. He wins the champion carnival by defeating Doctor Death Steve Williams. He wins the triple crown by by defeating Misaharu Misawa a feat that his, his tag team partner Kawada has not yet done. He mm-hmm. defeat, he ends the long, the, 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 the legendary run that Masawa has, which is like about a three-year run with the triple crown. And, and like who, and people were wondering at the time who's going to beat him. They, people were basically thinking eventually Kawada is going to win the triple crown from Masawa in, in this reign, but no, it was, it was as a, as a kind of a swerve. It was, it was Tawe. And 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 that to top things off at the end in December, he him and Kawada win the real world tag tag league. So you know he 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 wins the major tournaments. He wins all the titles in in the in the company. So like 1996, if you want like a a year to follow Tawei's career, 1996 would not be a bad place to 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 go to. No, and it's really interesting because it's probably some of the first stuff I saw. Um, when in the nineties, I ordered a tape, not knowing what I was getting. And, uh, I had some vague idea what the champions carnival was. And on this tape, it had the finals of the 96 champions carnival. And it's just interesting perspective, right? Because at the time I thought, Oh, these poor American guys like Steve Williams will never be able to get over these Japanese guys in Japan. Now I realize in hindsight, Williams was part of making Taiwan and Williams was already established at that point. Williams, uh, yeah, Williams is like instrumental in making Kobashi as well, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, so I I watched that. And then actually today I watched uh, the match where uh, Tawei won won the title from from Misawa. Uh, Misawa had actually had it for a couple months at that point. He'd had it back from Stan Hansen. Okay, thanks for correcting me there. Yeah, no, and I I mean, it was kind of coming off the... uh, the 19, it was, it was very much ran into the 1990, 1992 round to 1994. Um, and then, so he, yeah, he wins it from Misawa and what is a shorter triple crown match of about 15 minutes, but it's got good intensity and it's just, you know, it's just a real, it's a good match that puts him over. But I also watched the match where he dropped the title to Kobashi and, I loved that match. I don't know why that's not talked about as an all-time classic. I'm sure I'll be uh, reviewing it sometime 
in the future for for this show um yeah but but i I would hope so (laughs) you know like thanks for correcting me about like that's not the lengthy run that he ends but it is it is notable that he he, he, to go over misawa yeah that he is the one to get that that important singles win for the triple crown over misawa before kawada does yes and it was steve williams out out of the four pillars he's the first one to win the title from top from misawa yes so, so it, it, it's, it's a, it's a kind it's kind of a nice feather in his cap because like he, you know, 1996 is like, it peaks his career basically peaks in 96. He, he would always remain in the top mix in the upper mid card of, mm-hmm. of all Japan. Like, but I don't think he'd ever reach like outside of tag matches and occasional singles matches with like, you know, the top stars in the company, Kobashi Misawa, mm-hmm. he's not, He's not considered someone that's going to be like someone that Baba is going to rely on to carry the company going forward. No, but he um, had, when, when you see that match against Kobashi, he had great presence as champion. He belonged in there as champion and it was fantastic to watch. I would imagine, you know, Dave, that like, he's like, I, I have this title. I have the triple crown, which at the time was like the most prestigious title in 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 all of wrestling like for for fans who knew right like fans who mm-hmm. followed wrestling in japan in america and in mexico like this is the title this is the work rate title this is the belt this is the title that means you're the best wrestler you're the best like in-ring performer in all of wrestling not the yeah. wwf wwf title not the IWGP title it's it's this belt i would say it's that belt and and like the other work rate belt of the time would be the you know the the new japan the IWGP junior heavyweight title i i'd honestly say the triple crown certainly for heavyweight wrestling might be the top title of all time oh yeah for like who's held it and for, like for pure work rate pure work rate type uh you know reputation but it, it, it is, you know, he has a steady career. And then, you know, like, you know, up until the time he leaves All Japan Pro Wrestling, along with like 90% of the roster, they, they leave due to the, you know, the, the infighting between, you know, Mitsuhara Masawa and the, the widow of, of Giant Baba, who, has, who had passed away. Uh, and then, you know, he, you know, like Masawa and Matoka Baba could not get along. So Masawa says, I'm going to, I'm leaving. And, he, you know, he forms Pro Wrestling Noah in, in 2000. And, you know, what's an interesting note is like in a recent like talk battle that Kawada had on one of his produce shows uh, called, you know, Holy War, he had, he had a talk battle. Like that's what they call these interview segments with, <laughs> with Tawe. And 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 Tawei reveals in this in this segment that like, hey, you know, like I called you to see if you wanted to come to Noah. Like it wasn't Kobashi or Masawa because you know at the time, because Masawa and Ko- Ko- Kawada actually genuinely hated each other. And but you know, Tawei said to Kawada, Hey, if you want, you can join Pro Wrestling Noah. But Kawada said, No, I'm I'm gonna be here because I think Kawada knew like with Masawa gone, I'm gonna be the big fish in the smaller pond. Because mm-hmm. like there's no one left in the company, but he's still going to be the top guy in all Japan and and not be second fiddle or third fiddle because I think he would have been third fiddle to to Kobashi in in Noah. So maybe he made the 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 best choice for his own career. But it it it, it is a big what if, Dave. Like what if Kawada joined with you know accepted Tawei's offer and and went to to pro wrestling Noah in like 2000 or even 2001? That would have been interesting. Yeah, I think the other what if is what if Tawei had stayed. Yeah, 
like you could have, he would have, I think he would have benefited, he would have benefited from staying. I think the company would have benefited from him staying as well. And I think he would have like, you know, like some of the other guys might've, might've stayed as well because like, you know, he has some seniority in the company. It's like, you know, it's other, whoever trained under him might've stayed. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's all the trainees of both Masawa and Kobashi who, who really leave. Like if Tawa, okay. So Tawa stays and say his, his co-highs, the one he's has direct, you know, like control over training, which would be Takashi Sugiera would be one of them. So Sugiera stays in, in all Japan for wrestling. That would have been interesting, you know, for sure. And <laughs> so, uh, seeing, seeing Tawa in some matches with uh, Tenru during that era would have been fun too. Oh Yeah. Yeah, that that uh, that that would have been fun. We do see Tenru later on in in, in Noah in the late in the in the mid two thousands, but I don't know. I can't remember, you know, if when they uh, they had Tawei and, and Tenru had interactions with one another. And uh, but we got to we got to mention that in in Noah he he would achieve single success. He would win the GHC Heavyweight Championship. He would end the very controversial reign of Takeshi Rikio, who was the person who defeated uh, mistakenly. Bad bad choice from Masao the Booker here. He, Takeshi Rikio ended Kobashi's epic title reign with the GHC title reign t- title. But it was it was Tawei who... I, I remember when I watched this match, Dave, like when he beats Rikio, fucking Budokan Hall erupts because they, yeah, they are that like... Yeah, was a great moment. They are like... We don't want Ricky to be our champion. We will take this legend who's not he's not as great as he used to be, but we'll take him over Ricky any day of the week. And that and that happens on November 5th in 2005. It's it's a fun match, especially the the end. And I I really think, you know, Tawei's like, okay, again another another chance for me to like just show that I I am a great wrestler. And so he 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 brought it to Ricky in that match and it really carries Ricky to a pretty good like I'd say three and a three quarter four star match on in, in, when he, where he wins the GHC title. Mm-hmm. And what was uh, really cool after that as well? Maybe I'm, I don't want to jump ahead. But th- that match was a great moment, and it's if he hadn't already been triple crown champion, it would have come off like the lifetime achievement award. But uh, it was actually kind of saving the company award from from Rikio. Yeah, yeah, like you know, I I, I think Rikio could have you know it should have been Morishima. In hindsight, like yes. it's because Rikio was was older and he was the senpai to, to Morishima that, but it, it should have been Morishima who who should have ended Kobashi's reign and and gone on to become like you know I because I think he if he got the title in two thousand and five he he would have stepped up he would have like he would have helped Noah go to that next level in terms of with with being a younger guy at the head of the company mm-hmm. but uh, again and- like that. We're not really going to talk too much about Takeshi Morishima or Takeshi Rikio here. Well, what I do think, what I was going to say is I really liked his title defense against Morishima. It was good fun. Yeah, I mean, I I think he just decided in, in that title reign, like, I'm, I'm going to have the best, you know, time uh, with this mm-hmm. with this title. And it's it's like he wins it from, he wins it from uh, Rikio. He loses it to Akiyama, right? He does. And what I'll also note, just tying it back to something else we were talking about, on the same show, uh, shortly before he became champion, uh, on the same show where Rikio defeated Misawa in a GHC title match, you also had um, 
Kobashi and Tawe teamed up against Akiyama and Tenru. So they did cross paths there. Ah, that there was a hall. What a team. I always think like, you know, like if, if they mix teams a little bit more in all Japan, I would love to have seen Kobashi and Tawe as a team. Mm-hmm. I think, I think like chemi- chemistry wise, they would have worked really, really well, you know? So I would have rather seen that than like Kobashi team with Johnny Ace at that time, you know, if he, <laughs> yeah. if you know, like Kawada could have teamed with like, he, he, okay, here, here's the teams like Masawa teams with, he can be teamed with whoever. It doesn't really matter, but, but Akiyama and, and Kawada as the two surly bastards, that would be great. And then, you know, Tawe and Kobashi as like this kind of, you know, like yin yang, oil and water kind of tag team would have been would have been awesome to have seen. But again, we're we're, we're going to fantasy booking here. We, we're going to k- kind of keep it on track here. Here, <laughs> well, we uh, he, so as you mentioned, he lost the GHC title to Akiyama, and then in March of two thousand six, they actually had a show where it was kind of like a veterans versus younger wrestlers, uh, interesting kind of a reverse of the Super Generation Army. Uh, and I can't remember all the matches, but the one that I can definitely say occurred is uh, Tawe took on Naomichi Marafuji and actually put him over in what is a good, fun little match. Uh, and you could just see he was win, he was doing these windmill. Uh, am I getting windmill? He was kind of windmilling at him with the chops, and they were just having really fun and. Uh, he really put him over. Marufuji got the wrist clutch, uh, uh, small package on him, and which really set up Marufuji to win the title, which I think they could have done more of, but more with. But we're not fantasy booking here. Well, I mean, we can we can talk about the the, the foibles of you know Mr. Hamasawa as a booker in Noah, yes. and he has a lot of them. He you know he does. But anyways, let's let's let's, let's stick with with uh, with Tawe the and the positives, and you know like. Other achievements he would he would he would have would would be that he becomes Noah president you know mm-hmm. in in the wake of the tragedy of of Misawa's death oh, in wow. two thousand nine and and you know um, noted you know um, Noah historian Hisami she 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 basically makes a sentence that like he becomes president and he becomes an old man overnight this this job ages him because he has to manage this company that is in turmoil because. They lost the, their president, their booker, mm-hmm. their biggest star, star. and yeah. <laughs> and like and it's 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 a blow to morale in the locker room. Like he, he Misawa was the father figure in that yeah. company, and everyone loved him. And he an entire and he locker room with PTSD, you know. Yeah, and he he died in the ring, and and it's it's a it's a it's a but he you know he he tries to keep it together for as long as he can, but you know he he decides okay. I'm, I'm retiring. I'm not going to be the president anymore. I'm also not going to be wrestling anymore. So December, December 7th, 2013, Tawe wrestles in his retirement match where he, Morishima, Sugiera, and, and one of his trainees, Gemba Hiryanagi, uh, mm-hmm. who, who is kind of a funny Tawe you know, trainee because he's Total one of the officer. shortest wrestlers that will, you will ever see in professional very wrestling. Much a comedy wrestler, right? Yes, yes. Very much a comedy wrestler. And they take on the team of uh, Tenru, Tatsumi Fujinami, Masao Inoue, and Kentaro Shiga uh, with, with Tawei pinning Inoue for the final win of his 
career and and you know like and then you know nowadays uh you know he 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 opened his own steak restaurant dave he 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 went to uh mitsuhiro matsunaga you know he said matsunaga-san like you're having great success with your steak restaurant please teach me how to run my own restaurant and and teach me how to make steaks for for customers and and that's what matsunaga did and then he opened his own restaurant in, uh, in Scuba in the Ibaraki region of Japan. It's called Steak Isakaya Champ. And, and Dave, it's one of my goals. My goal, next time I'm in Japan, I'm going to go to Steak Isakaya Champ. I'm going to try to meet Tawe. And I'm going to go to, to Kawada's ramen restaurant as well. And I'm, I'm going to meet the Holy Demon Army at their various places of, of business. Yeah, definitely do that. I, I still have regrets over not getting to Buffalo to get to the destroyers, uh, golf, <laughs> uh, super golf or whatever it was. So, uh, you gotta, you gotta jump on the, you gotta jump while, uh, while the getting's good with this kind of stuff. Definitely. I, I think I, I still got a chance. I'm sure it's, they're neither of them are going to go anywhere in the next oh. several years. But, but that being said, we do have to talk about in, in 2018, Tawei announced that, that he was mm-hmm. battling stomach cancer, but, but he's, he's, you know, he, he battled through it and he got a clean bill of health. Uh, Cause he went under, he, he underwent a uh, gastric. Uh, how do you say this? Gastro- uh, I'm, I'm terrible at saying medical, medical procedures and stuff like that. Gastrectomy, probably. That, that's what he went. He, he underwent that. And then um, he, they discovered the cancer and then he took treatment for it and, and he's, he's doing well in 2021, but that's um, wonderful to hear. Yeah. So let me just get to like, I, I, I teased some stories about Tawei, Dave, and I, I'm going to get to them. You, I, I, I thought a lot of people would know this already, but, but Tawei does hate training and he hates working out and he has since his sumo days. So I, I think it scarred him doing doing sumo training in the dojos oh, so it's, it's so intense there yeah so there's a story that you know giant baba who who wanted Tawei to train more he gave him a barbell like a singular barbell and he said use this at home just use it at home once in a while so one day legendary all japan referee kyoi wada shows up at Tawei's house to hang out with him go drink and i'm sure smoke a ton of cigarettes and you know he he saw the the the, the barbell and he, he, he probably knew that it was from Baba. He says, oh, have you been using that, Tawei? And Tawei says, oh, every day. I'm using it every day, like at least for an hour. And then, and then Tawei's young son at the time comes into the room and says, uh, my I'm dad, I've never seen you pick this up once. That's funny. So, so he, he, he uh, you know, he, he double-crossed his dad and, and, and revealed to Kyoi Wada, who I'm sure reported back to Baba, Baba-san, Tawei does not use that barbell, that singular barbell that you gave him to use at home. He does not use it. His son confirmed it, which I'm sure didn't surprise Giant Baba. But the other funny story, Dave, is that you know Giant Baba arranged uh, a, like a training session down at the beach. So you know, and there's a famous photo out there of the four pillars holding up this like uh, of this tree trunk on the beach in in like you know in and and you know they're they're like in their running shorts and everything like that. And but you know, like Tawei, you know, comes to the beach, he's wearing sandals, and Baba says to him, Hey, where are your trainers? Where are your sneakers? You know, where are your running shoes? And Tawei's like, Who wears what? What? We're training at the beach? The beach is for like, you know, swimming and and <laughs> and just lying about and drinking beer. 
And like, you know, Masawa's got his runners on. Kobashi's got his runners on. Kikuchi's got his runners on. And Kawada's got his runners on. But there's Tawe just wearing sandals. And, you know, he said famously to Baba, hey, Seaside is for sandals, not trainers. So so that that epitomizes the 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 the, the man that hates training, but is amazing at doing so many athletic things in his career. Uh, the master of the dynamic kick, the dynamic suplex, the dynamic bomb, the Nodoo Toshi suplex, the Origawa Tawe, like just, just these incredible moves. Of, of his moveset, Dave, which one is your favorite? Choke slam to the floor. You can't beat that. It just ah. looks so cool every time. Yes, the the famous uh, apron Nodoa Otoshi that uh, has has nearly, uh, I'm sure, like nearly kills many many a wrestler. But you know what? The good thing about about Tawei's choke slam, the Nodoa Otoshi, is that unlike like you know, say like the Undertaker's choke slam or or or, or the Big Show's choke slam or Kane's choke slam, he he doesn't pick some like those guys pick people up and and throw them to the to the ground. Basically, he picks someone up and then. He's driving, like he keeps caught. He's driving them into the ground, basically, with a choke. Yeah. Um, everyone says like Undertaker's choke, his choke slam is so safe. He takes care of you. That's awesome. But like, hey, you know, like there's not there's got there's something to be said for appreciating a good, like, I'm just gonna drive you as hard as I can into that mad. Cause like he didn't kill anyone with that move, so it's okay. No. No, but it, it's I actually it was in the Kabashi uh, title loss that it really looked cool. Like uh, they were just fighting so hard for it on the apron, and the fans were popping so huge. It's I know you mentioned like he doesn't have doesn't have as fancy moves as the other guys, but that's what I really remember from watching my first tapes of All Japan is that choke slam to the floor, and uh, I, I love him for it. I I love his front kick, the dynamic kick, like. He gets some amazing height on that thing and just like just really shows off like how actually athletic he is. And and I'm a huge fan of the dynamic bomb, which is his is his his version of a sit-out power bomb. And it, it just looks so amazing when he does is able to hit it, especially on someone like like you know, Kenneth Kobashi. Um, so yeah, like other things like I, we can, you know, like I can talk about with with uh with Akira Tawe is that his hobbies include fishing. Uh, he's a big fan of riding motorcycles, um, and and in recent years, he's he's become a big fan of watching Korean dramas. Really? Yes, it's uh, something he's uh, he he quite enjoys in his 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 later years. So there you go. Like if you think, man, I wish I knew a great wrestler who likes watching Korean dramas like me, then Akira Tawe is the wrestler for you. You should go watch all his matches from the '90s and 2000s, and just think, like in 2021. He's a big fan of watching Korean dramas. Like, if you're the same way, there you go. You found a kindred spirit in Akira Tawe. Yeah, that's not my point of connection, but I am lazy and I hate working out. So he's my guy. There you go. There you go. All right, let's let's talk about his championships and accomplishments, as well as giving kind of a recommendation for for like high high rated matches from Akira Tawe's career. So in All Japan Pro Wrestling, he has won the All Asia. Tag Team Championship one time with uh, Shinichi Nakano. Uh, they defeated the team of Davey Boy Smith and Johnny Smith for that title. He's been the Triple Crown Champion one time, defeating Mitsuharu Masawa on May 24th, 1996. And he would lose the title to Ketakabashi on July 24th in 1996 as well. So not a very long title reign. Uh, he's won the World Tag Team Championship seven times, once with Jumbo Suruda, and six times 
with Toshiaki Kawada. He's won the champion carnival in 1996. He defeated Steve Williams in the finals on April 20th, 1996. He's won the world, uh, the real world tag league or the world's strongest tag league determination league, whichever name you prefer for that tournament. He's won it twice in 1996 and 1997 with Toshiaki Kawada both times and both times. They defeated the team of Mitsuharu Masawa and Jun Akiyama. And he, he won the January 2nd Cork and Hall Heavyweight Battle Royal which in 1992, which I'm sure no one cares about, really. And he's won the World Tag Team Championship Tournament in 2000 with, with Toshiaki Kawada, which I'm sure was like the last major accomplishment they had as a team. In, in Pro Wrestling Noah. He, he was a GHC heavyweight championship one time, and he, of course, defeated Takeshi Rikio, which we mentioned, on November 5th, 2005. He would lose that title to Gene Akiyama on January 22nd, 2006. Uh, in 2005, probably because of this championship win, he won the Nikan Sports Fighting Spirit Award. Uh, in Tokyo Sports, he's won the Fighting Spirit Award in 1992 and 1996, obviously as a reward for, like, the amazing year he had in all Japan at that time. He's won the Tokyo sports lifetime achievement award in 2014. He won match of the year in front of Tokyo sports in 1995 with Toshiaki Kawada versus Mitsuhara Masawa and Kenneth Kobashi in the, in the famous six, nine 95 tag match that, that I will, I will review in June of, of 2022. So that, that review is coming up later on in, in next year. And I have a special guest for that particular show already, Dave. I've, I've already picked and I've already talked to the person and they said, sure, I'll come on that show and talk Is about it that. Taui or? Itaway, Itaway is joining me to, to talk about that match. You know what? You're going to have to, you get to listen to find out Dave, you and all the oh, other well. listeners. So um, also for Tokyo sports, he won tag team of the year in 1997 with Toshiaki Kawada. Uh, let's go to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards, and uh, we're going to talk about all the five-star matches he's had. So, uh, 1990, 1991, 1992, October 19th, April 20th, May 22nd. These are all May 22nd. These are all the six-man tag team matches with Saruta Gun versus the Super Generation Army. You can't go mm-hmm. wrong with any of these matches. Uh, 1993, uh, July 2nd, with Toshiaki Kawada and Yoshinari Gawa taking on Misawa, Kobashi, and Akiyama in a six-man tag. 1993, February, or December, December 3rd, 93, with Kawada taking on Misawa and Kobashi, probably in the world, real world tag league. Great uh, match. Uh, February 13th, 1994, with Toshiaki Kawada versus, and Masanobu Fuji taking on Misawa, Kobashi, and Giant Baba in a six-man tag. Uh, uh, May 21st, 1994, with Toshiaki Kawada taking on Misawa and Kobashi. January 24th, 1995, with Kawada against Misawa and Kobashi. Uh, 1995, in a singles match against Misahara Misawa on April 15th. And uh, 19, in, on June 30th, 1995, uh, with Tame and Honda and Toshiaki Kawada taking on Misawa, Kobashi, and Satoru Asako uh, in a six-man tag. Uh, May 23rd, 1996, with Kawada against Misawa and Junakiyama. December 6th, 1996, with Kawada against Misawa and Akiyama. And December 5th, 1997, with Kawada against Misawa and Junakiyama. So I would say, like, they have as many memorable matches with Misawa and Akiyama as they do against Misawa and Kobashi Dave. Yeah, it's especially that last run there. Uh, 
my uh, friend Dylan Hale, who I mentioned earlier, actually calls the December 6, 96 match. He thinks it's the best match of all time. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, Dylan Hales is someone you should listen to. A lot of wrestling. Yeah, Dylan so. Hales is definitely someone you should you should listen to when it comes to, you know, what what's a great professional wrestling match. And and just to close things off here, Dave, we're gonna we're just gonna go through the top ten Akira Tawi matches listed on on Cage Match, and this is by order of rating. So at nine point eight one, it's the Holy Demon Army versus Kobashi and Misawa from six nine ninety five. Uh, at nine point seven one. Uh, May 21st, 1994, the Holy Demon Army versus Kobashi and Misawa. Uh, at 9.65, uh, April 20th, 1991, uh, Sarutigan versus Super Generation Army. Uh, at 9.61, uh, what is it here? December 3rd, 93, Holy Demon Army versus Kobashi and Misawa. At 9.59, at number five is uh, December 6th, 1996, uh, Holy Demon Army versus uh, Akiyama Emisawa, the match you just talked about. Uh, at uh, 9.56 at number six is, uh, you know, Holy Demon Army versus Kobashi Emisawa from uh, uh, June 1st, 1993. Uh, at 9.56 at number seven is uh, April 15th, 95, Tawe versus Misawa in a singles match. At 9.47, uh, uh, October 19th, 1990, Tawe. Uh, Jumbo Mufuchi versus the Super Generation Army, which we talked about before. And uh, at 9.34, at number nine is the Holy Demon Army versus Kobashi and Masawa on uh, January 24th, 1995. And finally, at number 10, at the score, at the rating of 9.28, it is uh, a six man tag, Surutigan versus the Super Generation Army from uh, May 22nd, 1992. And um, you can't go wrong with with any of these matches, and and yeah, I mean, if you want a guy to like, not only some amazing Taiwei matches, Dave, but just some of the greatest tag matches and and singles matches in the history of professional wrestling, but mainly mainly tag matches. Then you know, yeah. check out any of the matches that I just mentioned there. And did you want to do a top five for each other as well of our matches? I, 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 I didn't make a top five, but you tell me your top five. I, I'm going to go basically with the, with the ones on cage match. They kind of pretty much yeah. line up with, with my feelings for, for Tawi. I'll include the two Kawada matches and the, the match against Misawa and where he loses, where he wins the title and the one where he loses the title Kabashi and the, the champion carnival final with, with, uh, with Steve Williams. That, those are matches you cannot go wrong as far as singles matches go. Yeah. So I've got a top six with number six being December 6, 96, like with teaming with Kawada against Misawa and Akiyama. Uh, number five, I have April 15th, 95, a singles match in the Champions Carnival final against Misawa. Fantastic match that uh, really, although it was a loss, really probably was part of elevating Tawei to the level, uh, being ready for 1996. December 3rd, 93, teaming with uh, Kawada against Misawa and Kobashi. May 21st, 94, with Misawa and Kobashi against Kawada and Tawai. One that might be controversial to some people, hopefully they're not too hung up on what I'm saying, is number two. I have July 24th, 96, the title loss to Kobashi. And yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard to go wrong with 6995. It is hard to, to go with what many people do consider to be the greatest tag match 
in the history of all of professional wrestling there, Dave. But uh, that's it. That's that's our, our look at, at Akira Tawe. I hope people have learned something about Dynamic T. I hope people have come away with an appreciation for, for Akira Tawe that you and I you and I share. And I know a lot of people that 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 I know share for, for Tawe and and including our mutual friend uh, Alan Farrell. I know he's a big fan of Akira Tawe and he's looking forward to listening to this show. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts about about Tawe here? Oh, I just want to say hi to Alan and yeah, uh, just again the Ringo star of the group. Uh, although I would say there's no distance between him and the other three, like there might be with Ringo. I'm a Ringo fan. But, you know, it's like with Ringo, you got to appreciate him for himself. And the same is with Tawe. He had a perfect career just as far as the length goes. He stepped away at the right time from the ring. He, the business would not be the same without him. And uh, probably one of the better big man wrestlers you're going to see, especially out of Japan. Definitely, definitely. And and Dave, thank you so much for for joining me on this look back at the, the career, the life of, of Akira Tawe, including his disdain for training and, and using barbells. Um, and thank but, you for having me. Yeah. And if people want to find out uh, anything else you're doing with regards to, 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 to wrestling content, where can they find you? Uh, you can usually find me on Facebook. People will ask me to get some podcasts going. And I really think this got, this got the itch going again. I, wow. I think I'm going to try and get, get things, something going on. That's that's awesome to hear. I, I thank you. Thank you for coming on to, to, to do the show with me. And, and of course, you can find me at WH Park nine on Twitter. And and you can find uh, this show, the long and winding Royal road at postwrestling.com, along with most of my other content. Like I am, of course, uh, on post Perez with with John Pollock usually every month. And then I do the MCU later show with waiting every every thursday night uh at post wrestling behind the uh the the on the post wrestling cafe patreon so please you know subscribe to that to be able to listen to to me and way and and usually a guest talk about what's been happening on on uh, the mcu shows on on disney plus it's it's always a fun show to do and and from what people tell me it's a fun show to listen to dave but uh yeah also if you like this show if you are a big fan of the four pillars then you should go to store.postwrestling.com and pick up the long and windy railroad t-shirt that, that is been endorsed by Alan Farrell has been endorsed by rich fan over the pro wrestling torch has been endorsed by many a person that, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm forgetting about right now, but also endorsed by, uh, Dustin Meyer, who, who placed an order with us and, and, and got the white version of the long and winding Royal road pillars t-shirt that, that you can find at the post wrestling store. Go check it out. It comes in black, it comes in white, different sizes and, and look as cool as, as, as myself. I'm currently wearing it right now, Dave, you know, I'm currently looking it up. Are you looking it up? It's a good, it's a good shirt, you know? So the, it has, it has the four pillars on it. It does cartoon version shall, of them. It shall be mine. There, there you go. So I'm going to be saying Dave Musgrave's name on a future episode of the Long and Winding Road, Winding Road Road, as a as a purchaser of the T-shirt, just like I did with Dustin Meyer. Dustin Meyer, thank you so much for 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 placing the order, for getting the shirt, and for for being a listener to this show. And and on behalf of Dave, I want to thank all listeners for for sticking with us and 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 listening to us talk about Akira Tawe. And until next time, I will say goodbye and see you later.